0: listening to episode 216 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave and I'm joined as always by my co-host Wayne as we take a look at the first episode of the Star Trek return to television with CBS's Star Trek Discovery, which was not without its issues and mm. hope you enjoyed your son's birthday celebration. I did. I did. This uh you know it's a
1: little little uh bit of melancholy as he's 17 and he's a senior in high school, so you know this is to be the last, you know, this is his last birthday when he's like actually home, and you know, he, he might go to like Towson or UMBC where we could, you know, still go and pick him up, but uh, you know, still there was
0: a little sense of you know, of that, you know,
1: but uh, otherwise, good,
0: all right. Well, I, actually, I was also referring to the fact that like many people that set their DVRs expecting to get a full 60 minutes of Star Trek. You were celebrating, and as you told me, you forgot to go back and and add the extension, which is just crazy that that they're trying to sell us on CBS All Access, and then they do this. They have to know full well that very few people watch it live, and everybody time shifts. So I got to the point where... I realized it. I posted in the Facebook group, hey, everybody do this. And then I was just so pissed, not only at what had happened with the Ravens earlier in the day and now <laughs> CBS. And I finally just said, you know what? Screw it. I don't care. And I know, like you said to me in, in, in a Facebook message the next day, it's like, well, dude, we can do a, a different show if you want. Yeah, because I'm not watch the OA, so we just talk about the rest of the OA, you know? Uh, like, I know, but – But then I kind of cooled down and certainly glad I did. It sounds like, you know, I know you had a little bit of an issue where you, you you know, you had said, I don't have the last 18 minutes. Yep. But all of that worked out. And, you know, this is arguably one of the most anticipated sci-fi series of the year. And for good reason. It's Star Trek for crying out loud. Yeah, right. That's, that's, that's got to stand for something. Yep. So we got a lot to say, and talking about having a lot to say as always. Remind you guys: shoot us an email, sci fi TV rewatch at gmail dot com. Go to the website, leave us a voicemail with the leave voicemail tab. Record your own audio clip if you'd like. Tweet us at sci fi TV rewatch, um, and join the Facebook group. Join the discussions there. There was a great post of an article about the Princess Bride today, Ooh. being arguably one of the. Most perfect examples of fantasy film, and it's difficult to argue with that. Yeah, yeah,
1: I, nigh impossible. I got to read that article.
0: I love the Princess Pride Yeah, so and fun. and the guy that wrote it, David Crow, is is a really good writer and really good critic. I I know we have copies of that in the book room. Does anybody still teach it? I don't know. Uh, when I the last time I taught tenth
1: grade, I did it. Um, I, I had a great time, you know, teaching it. Just Because then we get to watch the movie too, you know. And Um, it's amazing
0: how many kids have never seen the movie. Sure. Yeah. It's inconceivable. (laughs) Inconceivable. Yes. Of course, I'm thinking, like, my name is James Tiberius Kirk. You killed my red shirt. Prepare to die. (laughs) Nice. But I wasn't going to say that. But anyway. But then you did. uh, That's okay. uh, I I know. All right. So, you know, we're here. Because we can do whatever we want. Exactly. <laughs> so, so we're here to talk about Star Trek, and, and we've said many times, my Star Trek and my captain, the original Star Trek, James T. Kirk. I guess you, you know you were at an era when Next Generation was on, but there were reruns constantly of the original. Oh, yeah. So you you kind of grabbed onto both. Yeah, but I mean, James
1: Kirk was my is my captain. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like as as much as Jean Luc Picard, I, I love him. Uh, but I grew up with on reruns of star Trek and, um, you know, so when, you know, um, next generation came around, I uh, you know, I was anticipating it more because, oh, this is finally more star Trek on TV. Um, you know, cause of course then, you know, they had the movies that we, you know, went and saw all the movies, but, uh. Yeah, you just know, have it on T V again was like, you know, awesome. But still yeah. the the original the, the OG for me is is the original cast with Mr. Spock and Captain Kirk and Scotty and Bones and Sulu and Chekhov and uh O'Hura. Uhura. And who am I
0: missing? Yeah. I don't know. But think, the, obviously you know, some of that'll come up in, in the red discussion shirts. tonight. Yeah, exactly. So Con, This is uh, Star Trek Discovery, and it's on CBS All Access. This episode's titled The Vault of Hello. It was written by Brian Fuller and Alex Kurtzman, directed by David Semel, who directed a bunch of episodes of Buffy, Angel, American Horror Story, Roswell, and it aired on September 24th, 2017. And as most everybody knows, episode one, the one we're going to talk about- Are we just going to glance over Alex Kurtzman? seriously well i guess i figure everybody knows alex kurtzman all right well, go ahead what do you want to say about him same with brian fuller yeah they, they both worked on fringe right and lost both oh yeah lost? Uh, yeah and and other things i think alex kurtzman maybe even had some something to do with x files at, at some point nice. but uh oh yeah i mean those guys are, are legends in the yeah genre community So, uh, as I said, everybody knows the first episode, the one we're going to talk about, aired over the air for free. And the idea is that CBS is trying to get us all to sign up for their streaming all-access service. Episode 102 also aired right after 101, but it wasn't for free. So you had to already have all-access to watch the second episode. You could could get an all-access account. Mm -hmm for a free two-week trial or something yeah because why would you want to give people a full month trial like amazon and netflix where they might actually fall in love with your service but hey that's that's up to cbs all right so well do they uh, they have any more shows in star trek on
1: there right now well if they do but none that we care about yeah and and because of this
0: i really don't care about star trek unfortunately well, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. So, okay. uh, obviously, this was not without its problems because there was an 18-minute delay, which screwed up a lot of people's DVR recordings because the football game ran long, and then they opted to air 60 minutes in its entirety. And and I understand that. Well, it's, Oprah 60 was minutes on, is a big so, moneymaker. Like, yeah, and Oprah uh, was on too. But,
1: and so that's but. That's double that, you know? Yeah, and, and you just not wonder... not preempt
0: me- Oprah, dude. Yeah, you know, hey, that, that ain't happening. I know, I know. But uh, I just... And I forget who it was on the Facebook group that mentioned how ingenious sci-fi fans are when it comes to accessing streaming content. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. The numbers were pretty good for the first episode, but that's kind of irrelevant. It only matters how many people are going to sign up For all access to watch Star Trek because I find it hard to believe many genre fans are going to sign up to watch, you know, their other procedural shows or their comedy shows or whatever. But all that aside, it's been 12 years since we've had Star Trek on television. Star Trek Enterprise ended in 2005. You know, as I was saying, I wasn't really into Enterprise. I just I just wasn't watching it at that time. The same with Deep Space Nine. So, uh, you know, I missed all of that.
1: Well, I don't even know on, who the captain on was BBC. on Enterprise. Oh, it was Scott Bakula. I mean oh, I, don't okay. know, I don't know what his character's name, but Scott Bakula was the captain.
0: Okay, and Enterprise is on Netflix, I believe, at the moment. So, oh, okay. So, you know, I, I could certainly Maybe take a check look. check it out, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Star Trek Discovery, it's going to be 15 episodes for this first season, but they're going to divide it into what they're calling chapters. The first is going to conclude in november and the second is going to begin in january of 2018 and i'm not sure how they're breaking it down how many episodes so i don't know if it's eight and seven or seven and eight or you know some other permutation but um before we get into the episode there i mean there are three actors that i just want to bring up one of them i'm assuming you know and that is and i hope i'm pronouncing her name correctly sonequa martin green who plays First Officer Michael Burnham? Because she, Sasha Williams in The Walking Dead, right?
1: Ah. Oh, you didn't you make st- that connection. I didn't. She looks so different. Like, so, yeah, wow. I thought she was like looked familiar and everything, but just was not place it. Okay, All right. She looks, dude,
0: couldn't look any different if she tried. Okay, well, I guess she did try. That's the point. But, <laughs> well, talking about looking different, Kelpian science officer Saru is played by Doug Jones, who was also Cochise in Falling Skies. So I don't know what that dude's thing is with with playing these. <laughs> He's aliens just a who, really tall, skinny dude, probably. I, think. I guess, and the suits seem to agree with his skin or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and, and, and then lastly, Michelle Ye- Yo, I'm not. Sure yeah. I'm pronouncing her name correct, correctly I've as Captain Philippa, me. Georgia right. Uh, but you know I mean oh, and certainly in, there are other ca- uh, she was in uh, Crouching Tiger
1: Hidden Dragon, which is one of oh okay, my favorite uh, you know like martial arts films, but
0: okay. and she's gorgeous. okay. so obviously anytime you take on a franchise like Star Trek, you know you've got all of the people it's almost as if they're sitting on the sidelines waiting for you to mess up, waiting for you to do something that they don't think is the correct approach. And and we'll talk about some of those. But this is set roughly 10 years before the events of Star Trek, the original series. And one of the things that comes up for me, first of all, and it is something that I ran across on the internet, is the redesign of the ship's interiors, the uniforms, and, and the overall technology, because it's supposed to be 10 years before the original, so why are things so much more advanced? Do you have a problem with that?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we let George Lucas get away with it, right? So why not let Brian Fuller and Alice Kurtzman do the same?
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, it would be kind of silly... To not update things, given the advancements we've made technologically. Yeah,
1: but yeah, I just I feel like there's a way to kind of split the middle on that one, you know? Because okay, I had to look it up because I'm like, when is this? Yeah, you know, when's it supposed to be? I looked at myself, it's supposed to be ten years before the original. I'm like,
0: uh, nah. <laughs> you know? so, yeah, right. So we assume at this point, Kirk is a junior officer. Sure, Somewhere in Starfleet,
1: right, yeah, I mean, like ten years, well, I mean, obviously, in the alternate universe of the movies, he was like fast track to captain, but um yeah, actually, I guess he was a pretty young captain on Star Trek, so he might not even be in Starfleet just yet.
0: Okay. But, you know, he might be some of, punk farm kid in Iowa still. Well, I could be. But you think about the money that's being poured into this incarnation versus the amount of money that was poured into the original series. Sure. Why wouldn't you make things look better? Which then led me to think maybe it's time to refilm some of the original episodes. You know, take those scripts and oh. refilm them. Dude. I don't know. Why not? Well, I mean, because why not? kind of
1: little sacrosanct, maybe. I don't know. It's just like okay. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I see. I see what you're saying with that. I feel you there.
0: But uh, man, I don't know. That's 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 radical thinking, dude. Okay. Well, they didn't stop there. We we've got a redesign of the Klingon appearance. True. So, yeah.
1: But they look when, so goofy. <laughs> well, which way now or before? Before they look harsh. Now you know, like they look even well, more harsh. Than they did like with uh, Worf on
0: uh, Next Generation. Well, that's true. And and again, I, I started to consider the fact that we've got a whole entire generation of new Star Trek fans that are not as invested in the traditional looks as we are. True. And you know, as you've mentioned many times, when you've tried to get your kids to take a look at some of these original series, and it's difficult at times to get past the low production values. Yeah. So, since we can, why not? But I, again, relatively well, well, speaking,
1: because when Star Trek was made, I don't think we could call it really low production values. You know, I mean,
0: pretty, pretty good television for the time it was done. Yeah. Of course, but the audience is not our age. Now the sure. audience is right. the age of your sons. And, and you know, they're going to be the ones that are going to be, uh, yeah. you know, hopefully getting invested. But the other thing that, that struck me was the use of the Klingon language uh-huh. more than I can remember at any point in the star Trek universe. And yeah. well, that's like when people like
1: speaking Klingon, I know that's like kind of like the ultimate geek, you know, achievement, and I always wonder I'm like, have we heard enough Klingon to actually be able to piece together the entire language? So yeah, I, I mean I I think maybe probably someone has put together a Klingon dictionary or something like that. I, I don't know. But but yeah, you're right. Um well what you know where they have done it is in the um the second movie, the new movie, Into Darkness. They had a
0: lot of Klingon, speaking Klingon in that. Right. And then they have a lot at the the opening sequence of of this episode, and they also have the subtitles. So now, you know, if there's one person that you and I both know that speaks Klingon, who do you think that would be? She doesn't work with us anymore. Oh, yeah. yeah. Elena. Elena, of course. I I mean, I I know she must have a Klingon dictionary on her bookcase at home. Do you you know that or you're
1: just assuming? I I
0: don't. I'm just assuming.
1: Yeah, you're right. She would be my uh, my candidate probably for it. Right.
0: But I, I guess I started thinking that, okay, it's cool. I, I love the harsh sound of the Klingon language. But what's the point, really? I mean, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Does it really oh, add I, anything? I think it does. Absolutely it does. I mean, what? To establish the... Aggressive nature of the yes. Klingon and and, okay. and the otherness, right? Okay, um, and the menace,
1: and you know, it's just and it's it's hardcore. It's just a harsh light. When when the Klingon starts speaking Klingon, man, that is like that that kind of ups the aggression value by ten. You know, okay. I I totally agree with that. I thought it was pretty cool um, how they did that. If I I think. They're speaking English would have just detracted from it, and uh, you know it would have been me thinking, why are they why are they speaking English? You
0: know, okay. So, uh, and, and you know, I can certainly accept that. That that makes sense, and and it is something I considered. But uh, God, i'm can you imagine being the actors to have to learn that? Yeah, <laughs> right. Wow. All right, all right, Now the other thing, well, yeah, that- it's not
1: like anyone can like you know harsh on you because of your accent or anything you know like that so dude these are sci-fi fans
0: <laughs> what am i saying <laughs> yeah so all right now the other thing that that starts to come out and, and i understand that episode two may have completed some of the things that we're questioning in, in the discussion tonight so you know that said the injection of politics into story arcs and individual episodes. You know, it's one of those things, and obviously it's a big topic in the sports world at the moment. And, you know, there are a lot of people, and I know where they're coming from, that, you know, I watch sports as an escape, leave the politics out. But you know what? This is Star Trek, and that's what Star Trek does. Sure. And it's what it did in the beginning. It it, it looked at social issues. Herbert, and Herbert, I, Herbert. Herbert, right and and i think (laughs) if any show does it 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 should be star trek and and i i get the feeling in the first episode that that they are going there and you know i i I know for me that might surprise you that that I'm, i'm glad they're doing that but it is star trek so hopefully they'll handle it in a responsible way not beat us over the head the way some shows do but uh it's Star Trek, for crying well, like, out loud. What's, so. what's, what's the politics? That you're Well, I mean, I think, and why don't we hold that for the discussion? Um, because okay. some of that's going to come up pretty, pretty quickly. Um, I've got a lot of problems with this initial episode that I'll bring up in, in the discussion as well. But it looks great. I mean, the action... Awesome. The action builds, the, the Federation Klingon war setup is compelling. There is a lot going for it, but there are just some things in my notes, I've got, like, really? Too many times. And uh, so, huh. uh, well, number one, let me, let me just throw this out there, okay. e- even though it's not going to come up until right. the very Un- unpack end. Unpack this, buddy.
1: Come on, get it off your chest.
0: For me, it's very problematic that the protagonist establishes herself as a mutineer i have no tolerance for people that can't follow directions in a military follow orders in a military setting and uh, then you've uh, got a problem with one james tiberius kirk my friend well but he's the one i mean he, he i i know that and, and there's a lot <laughs> about james t kirk that you know and, and i think anybody that's looked at star trek analytically understands that that kirk is a flawed leader as well as a flawed man and and that's true but this is mutiny yeah and i think once we again look at the events that lead up to her decision again it's it's mutiny and well she she
1: pulls the the, the vulcan grip on her captain which was kind of cool it it was kind of <laughs> cool but i mean you 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 knew something was coming, you right. know? Like when she started to admit that she might not be thinking straight, I'm like, oh, snap. What's, what's she going to do? I was not seeing the Vulcan grip, though. I mean, I knew right. she was raised on Vulcan. They established that, but I didn't see that coming at
0: all. That was, that was harsh. It was pretty so, cool. Well, and then a, a second character that uh, I, I just want to throw something out there for now, and, and that's Saru. Is he a coward, as many critics are implying, because he pushes for withdrawing from the situation? Well, yeah, he admits that he's conditioned to do that, right?
1: He's conditioned to run from danger. So my question is, why is he in Starfleet? Why is he such uh, so close to the captain in command if he's got no taste for battle? Well, that's a good point as well. Yeah. You know?
0: And then finally, the captain, she's following orders from the admiral, but her approach, which is to simply step back, let's learn as much as possible before we do anything, seems to be the reasonable approach.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. So
0: Obviously, to,
1: to fire first on the Klingons, that's, I mean, that's just crazy. You know, it looks like that's probably what they should have done. But
0: it's crazy. Are there going to be T-shirts? Starfleet doesn't fire first. Yeah. <laughs> we All right. Do so. it does exactly. All right. So the opening scene, Star Date twenty two fifty six. As we've said, it's about ten years before the original Star Trek, and we see that scene that we've been alluding to. Well, the Star
1: of- Date is one two o seven point
0: three. Oh, you're right. On you're Earth, right. it's May eleventh, twenty two fifty six. Okay. Uh, we see that scene of 24 Klingon warring families meeting to unite against Starfleet's intrusion into its culture, and they bring up that fatal phrase, we come in peace. And in terms of politics, I mean, for me, one of, one of the things you have to consider is who are the good guys and who are the bad guys here? What, what they want to simply do is hold on to their culture— against the intrusion of starfleet who says they come in peace but of course everything erupts into battle so right. who's right and and we don't have to answer that now but well, it
1: could be I, like you know the the what they said about the roman empire they they uh leave a desert and they call it peace right
0: well and, and that could be but when we hear that no one has made contact with a klingon in 100 years it, it almost seems as if both sides have just decided to, okay, you know, we don't agree. We'll just stay apart and, you know, we'll keep an uneasy peace. Right. And then, of course, the events of this episode, uh, you know, lead to something different. So then we cut to that scene when the captain and Burnham. Now, she's called commander by yeah. the captain. Right. And she's also called number one. Yeah. Well, okay, so you didn't watch
1: Next Generation, so... But We well, always Riker... called him number two. No, he's, right? num- he's number one.
0: Oh, okay. For some reason, I had it Yeah, in my he's mind. the first okay.
1: officer. The
0: okay. Commander well, William Riker
1: was, was number one.
0: Okay. So they're on a desert planet whose species is dying because of a lack of water, because of some... Yeah, they explain it, but... Uh, They open up a dried well, and voila, they've got water. And and they mention wanting to get in and get out because of General Order 1, not to make contact with other civilizations business. You know, fine. And I guess they always referred to that as one of the prime directives. Prime directive, yeah. Okay. But my problem, why the hell are the captain and the XO alone on a planet (laughs) completing a mission that's got some level of danger?
1: Yes. Yeah, that's... that's that's not good there policy. Aren't,
0: there aren't lower level crew that could take care of this. Now, again, that said, how many times did Kirk and Spock and Bones go to the planet on a sure. mission? Yes. Now, granted they usually took a few red shirts with them. Right, right. Yeah, take the the guys who are
1: actually going to get killed. Yeah. But so, yeah. but these two they'll no no
0: red shirts to protect them, no nothing. And some creepy so, spider thing following them along. Right. Now, we don't really get a sense of how big their ship really is, because this is not the Discovery, the ship, ship that we uh, – the, it's the Shenzhou. So, right. I don't know when we bring on the USS Discovery. I don't know if it's in Episode 2 or not, but, but obviously, that's the ship that we're going to be dealing with. So, we don't see a whole lot of crew members other than the ones that are on the bridge. So, you know we don't really have a sense, but still – So part of the story, part of the conflict is is that they're investigating this damaged relay that's impeding Starfleet's communication systems, and they're trying to figure out whether it was done deliberately or it was the result of a meteor or some other piece of space debris. So we don't really get an answer, but I I like that as a plot point that they throw out there so that uh, we assume they're going to pick that up, which is... A big difference in this Star Trek in that it 's serialized as opposed to certainly the original series, which was more standalone yep. you know and I think certainly sci fi fans today are conditioned to want serialization. You can throw a few standalones yeah. in there, but not too many right so. right you
1: got to have that overarching story right right
0: now you know as I said earlier, you know Burnham based on one episode is a, a little bit of a problem for me because of you know the the mutinous act later on I, at, at look as an actress I, I thought she was awesome i mean sure. i mean i i you know she p- commands respect on the bridge and, and you know and, and, and she so-
1: she annoyed me so much as sasha you know like and i don't think yeah, Sasha's still... I can't remember what happened at the end of Walking Dead. I should go back and watch. I, I got the uh, the recap to remind me what happened last season. Still on the DVR. But, yeah, she just always, like, annoyed me so much as Sasha. Like, she was so crazy and doing crazy stuff all the time. And so every now and then you kind of see that... You know, she, she's like a really good eye actress, you know? Like, her eyes can do, like, just look all nutty and everything. Um and uh but even though like here she wasn't acting out of pa- like you know, people keep accusing her of being emotionally compromised, but she's actually using that Vulcan logic, right? That cold blooded logic is what's
0: really driving her decisions. Well, is it I mean, I I know what you're saying, but then there's also the fact that the Klingons killed her parents. So is she twisting that logic to fit her agenda i i don't know the answer to that and, and i think we've all seen enough star trek we've all had enough encounters with the klingons that the whole idea of shoot first ask questions later is not as unreasonable as it may no. sound in a right. lot of cases absolutely but, and certainly you know, you'd think like from a hundred years ago that
1: they would have recorded encounters with the Klingons to know that you know that they're not gonna they, they don't do peace they don't do not fighting you know
0: you ask why is Saru even on the crew yes. and you know his reluctance to investigate this object of unknown origin you know it's almost as if he's the the counterpoint towards whatever somebody like burnham is going to suggest and that even is pointed out i think by the captain who finds it rather humorous that the two of them agree on something but burnham's reply which i thought was really good being afraid of everything means you learn nothing and and obviously you have to take some risks there there's no question about that my problem as you might imagine is that the xo goes eva to investigate this object Amidst a debris field, and uh, again, I'm thinking, really, you put the first officer yeah. at risk? Well, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. That that's kind of like a Star Trek thing, though. You know, like like Riker was always going on off-world missions. I don't know. Like I'm thinking, about, I, I I know there's times when Riker and Picard would do something a mission together, um, but a lot of times, you know, whichever one of them, one of them would go down to the planet, and the other one would command the ship. You know. Um, so, yeah, that was happening all the time
0: right. I mean, as a narrative point it 's fine, visually, it was done really well and 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 obviously there 's some emotional weight to the fact that that she 's the one that 's going out there, sure, and what she discovers is this intricately designed object which confounds identification immediately. she triggers that motion response and comes face to face with a Klingon who attacks her now all through this the ships lost contact with her she ends up floating in space but what do we learn that this object actually was it was a sacred beacon this guy was the klingon torchbearer you know i I guess the guard of this uh ship or whatever that basically honored their dead And what does Starfleet do? Starfleet comes on and sticks its nose in somebody else's business, and the fact that he attacks her first is kind of irrelevant. Now, how they handle all of this, I mean, you know, again, back to politics, you know, is this a commentary, which I think the original Star Trek did this a lot as well, a commentary on, you know, the United States' imperialistic tendencies at at various points in our history? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, he was certainly not the only country that was like that, of sure. course. But um, it, it's, you know, I think it's an important point because it's almost as if we're setting things up for the Klingons, at least initially, to be somewhat more sympathetic than we've seen them in the past.
1: Uh, yeah, Yes and no, I think. But yeah, well, especially in the the original series where the Klingons were just straight up bad guys. Right. And then next generation comes around and wait a minute, there's a Klingon as part of the crew. Like what's up with that? Um, and so that was very shocking at first for people who were fans of the original series. And then also now we're starting to watch, uh, you know, next generation, uh, the fact that that there was a Klingon on, on board was just like what you know and then they have a guy with like a, a you know a hairband over his eyes and uh, a droid with like yellow skin and everything so there was it was so much different but yeah, you know, I, I digress you know the point is like you know that the, to see a Klingon in Starfleet was just jarring you know just for like you know, the the people watching, it. and then they, they would play on that uh, throughout the series, and they would, you know, people, especially when they ran the other Klingons, sometimes the Klingons would scoff at war for, for you know, being uh, in Starfleet and everything and, to, you know, say, you're not a real Klingon, things like that, so.
0: Okay. Now, one of the things I wrote in my notes initially, and then I took it out. And I'll just just throw it out there: is that I thought they used voiceover a little too much. But then when I went back and rewatched it, I didn't even notice it. So I thought, well, it must not have been that much because, you know, I don't even remember when it occurred. But they did use flashbacks. Well, they, they, and, and they I did I in they the did beginning, really just like just like yeah, normal, right? But you know, again, sometimes sci-fi fans are pretty smart. We can figure things out. But but again, that was that was fine. But but, so but it's flashback. it's
1: it's a it's a like a convention for Star Trek though to start off the episode with
0: the voiceover. Right. Right. And Dark Angel. Ah, yes, we Dark Angel. All right. So so <laughs> in her flashback, the Vulcan Sarek, who obviously fans know as the father of Spock, is instructing the young Burnham in what Again, is it history or is it indoctrination mm-hmm. about the Klingon race? And it's really telling that, that after a few questions, I don't know if it's her emotions get to her or what it is, but she can't answer the questions and then stops the simulation and, and you know, we see the, the conversation that, that Sarek has with her. But I hope we'll see more flashbacks like that see more of her the events that lead to her you know becoming a starfleet officer sure I, i'm i'm pretty sure that's going to happen yeah yeah so all right so back on the ship we don't see burnham being rescued which again i'm glad they did it that way we don't have to see the rescue hey she's rescued fine we understand how it happened cool she's being treated in one of those medical chambers that are Kind of de rigueur these days. And she gets out despite being told that she risks death by doing so. And they're talking about it's like your DNA is going to break down. I'm like, dude, if somebody tells me my DNA is going to break down, I'm staying in the damn chamber. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. And and the, I'm going to go in for a closer look. Like, no, (laughs) no, you're not. Do not go in for a closer look. You're going to get hurt, probably killed. If you go in for a closer look. Well, the Just only thing get there, back to the
0: ship. I, I'm okay with that to an extent because of what she said. And I agree with it, that if you're afraid of everything, you don't learn anything. Again, is it worth the risk? You know, we could debate that. But this, no, there's no debate. Stay in the damn chamber for another few hours and heal yourself. But right. I get it. She's adamant that the Klingons pose an immediate danger. And Find it interesting that at first nobody believes her, but I guess she has enough history with the captain that eventually she does and, you know, puts everybody on battle alert. But this is all overseeing one Klingon. Mm-hmm. So this is the basis to do what? Go to war because you encountered one Klingon?
1: Well, here, and this is the funny thing because here's where the dramatic irony kicks in. We know the war starts right sure so that's a foregone conclusion now the question is how does it start who starts it and for for most of this episode we're thinking michael is going to start the war she's the one who starts the klingon war by being too impulsive but maybe if they had done what she had suggested the
0: war wouldn't have happened and that's possible we don't know no we don't know uh, yeah I mean, you know, what's going on with the Klingons? I mean, apparently there's this ancient Klingon fable about the light of Kalos, which we assume is that beacon that, that, you know, gets lit up and sends out the uh, the audio. But the idea is they're summoning other Klingons from across the galaxy. And we see that one, I, I believe his name is Voke, V-O-Q, who's a Klingon yes. whose skin color sets him apart as does the fact that he has no family and he volunteers to light the beacon. So I don't know if there's danger. I mean, the one guy kind of doesn't want to do it and then he volunteers, but they're bringing everybody together as if they anticipate Starfleet's intrusion. So what is it that they know about Starfleet that leads them to take this this act now we don't find out in in episode 101 i don't know if we do later or not right right? so but the next thing is the shenzhou comes face to face with a klingon vessel determines it's some kind of memorial place of rest for the klingon dead so what do you do what about the prime directive but more importantly maybe is this seems to be the first time they've encountered a klingon cloaking device which you know, back in the original series, Klingon Bird of Prey and its cloaking device was, you know, I mean, that that was the, uh, you know, one of the most important weapons they sure. had. Right, right, right.
1: Well, and, so, like and you see that scene that was always like that kind of that make your skin crawl scene where the Klingon chips just pop in out of nowhere, you know?
0: Yep. So. All right. So we've got, you know, everything's happening pretty quickly and, and again in terms of pace of this episode it was pretty darn perfect yeah. and i got really no complaints about how no nope. the story evolved but basically burnham kills the sacred beacons guard and tries to convince the captain that the klingons are the hostile party and should be attacked so that's where we are right whether or not we know what the klingons are like what they're likely planning we we don't know the admiral tells them to do nothing which seems the prudent response Mm -hmm. but that idea of what is that the diplomat talking or the soldier which is a reasonable question you know you get a feeling if
1: it's been a hundred years since they've had contact with the klingons has it been a hundred years since they've really had conflict And if it has been, that's three generations of officers that have never had to fire a shot in violence,
0: right? And the the captain points that out.
1: Yeah. So, you know, how do you deal with an imminent threat like this if you aren't really prepared for that? All you've had is simulation training, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, And- in addition, the captain points out, you know, that difference between simulation and real, the screaming, the death. And and not that Burnham is unaware of that, but I think again, she's probably it, more aware of that than the captain is. And maybe. But then Burnham brings up that statement, and there are a lot of statements that are really really critical to understanding these characters and and again i think one of the things this first episode does really well is it tells us so much about burnham perhaps more than anybody to a to a lesser extent the science officer but she says violence brings respect respect brings peace i i don't know you know again you you think about ideas that are just rife for discussion, violence brings respect. Wow. Right. That's. Well, that's, uh,
1: you know, like what is uh, Robert De Niro say, The Untouchables, right? He's played Al Capone says, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, better to come with a, a kind word and a big stick than just a kind word or something like ah, you know, I had my head. I forgot. Yeah, but basically the idea is um, that, you know, overt signs of aggression, you know, can cause an enemy to pause and and rethink in a, a, a similarly aggressive course of action.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: So I don't true. know if I agree with that necessarily, but you've always been, you know, in a fight where you could see like even like a smaller guy against a bigger guy and a smaller guy just starts freaking out and going crazy, you know, that like that that might cause the bigger guy just to to you know
0: step back a second and maybe rethink what's going on here yeah and and then that line starfleet doesn't fire first the captain tells her which you know leads to arguably the most divisive scene in the episode because you know from my perspective there's no justification in this instance for mutiny to then go unpunished severely i mean she knocks out the captain with the vulcan neck pinch yeah takes over the ship one of the other officers even uses the word mutiny and i'm thinking okay this is not starbuck thrown in the brig for a drunken punch to her exo's right. face that, and that was pretty bad okay but it was over a card game sure this this is mutiny and there's no way around it given the circumstances so the fact that we are pretty sure she's going to walk away from this with no consequences. I don't know. I I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe episode one Oh two, you know, it'll be, she's in the brig and the Klingons attack. And again, it's like in, in Battlestar Galactica, you know, Starbucks in the brig, but my God, we need our best fighter pilot. So let her out and, uh, you'd get into the fight but I, i'm really looking forward to see how they handle this because i, I don't know and and then yeah. what you kind of were even more than alluding a minute ago who really wants this war who who really starts it i mean is this about revenge for the death of her parents and who's really at fault here Look, i think well the fact i think that we- i think yeah, but I, you know i really believe that she
1: is thinking logically and okay. that she realizes the she i mean she more than anyone knows the immense power of the klingons and she thinks if we show strength up front that'll keep them from attacking they'll 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 think twice about the attacking if we go ahead and go after them then that'll stop them from going after us you know and i think that's i i i see her line of thought there. Unfortunately, that line of thought is when you compare it to the traditional, let's make contact, let's talk this out, obviously that's the philosophy that's going to win out, right? That's yeah. the, the one that makes more sense.
0: But I think here it doesn't. Well, and, and I guess when you sit back and look at all of these questions we keep bringing up, that's what a good pilot episode should do. I mean, it introduces us to enough of the characters in a fair amount of depth. I mean, we learn a lot about Burnham in this episode. Uh, absolutely. And, and clearly, she's going to be the focal point of Star Trek Discovery. I'm assuming she's going to become the captain of the Discovery. I mean, uh, well, her captain yeah. brings up the fact that, you know, I think it's about time you get your own ship. So Sure. Now again so is that how they're way she, gets, justify- she gets promoted up for her mutiny I, well again let's see how that transpires but yeah i don't know how they're gonna swing that but we will see all of that said I, I i really liked it i i liked it a lot more than i thought i would like it yeah well you know because
1: of all the bs that cbs is doing here like like for, all right here's Okay. I I I can I get it. They want to start this thing where they have they're they're a broadcasting company, and they're losing money because people don't watch commercials anymore. People DVR stuff. They don't watch commercials, so they're losing money there. And so they think, okay, well, here's what we're, we're going to do the Netflix model. We're going to have our own station. We're going to make our own shows, and we're going to put them up for people to pay to watch. Okay, fair enough. This is America. This is capitalism. If you you can build the product and people come to it, then, you know, thumbs up to you. You know, it's fair play. Okay, Dave. That being said, (laughs) you know, um, here you have what looks like a great show, like a heck of a pilot, really good, you know, very compelling in a lot of ways. I would... If this were on television I would definitely watch it. But it's not. And I'm not going to pay for it. You know? Right. Like I mean the, you're already paying for Netflix and Amazon, yeah, right? Right. I got Amazon already. I got Netflix already. I'm I'm not going to buy a CBS pay site. Like no way. Right. That's just in that's addition
0: just, to cable that we're both paying
1: for. Exactly. Like that is that is not happening. So good luck with your little experiment. Probably what you're going to do is you have this awesome show, and it's going to freaking die because of your dumbass marketing decisions. You know, like, yeah, like yeah. I mean, I, I I'm sure that people will come, and I'm sure there's people who will pay for the CBS thing just to see Star Wars. But we know those numbers aren't huge. We we know that the the, the genre community, while an awesome community, very passionate and awesome people but there's not a ton of us you know we don't make up the majority right and the shows we like get canceled all the time because even though we love it and we watch it loyally there's not enough of us not enough for uh, like to go against uh, this is us or survivor or some other swill that's out there though i guess hey, this is us hey. is actually pretty good okay i was going to say I, I don't know that i mean i just i know i know you like it it is and I know there's there's lots of people who aren't morons who like it. So I know, but I, but I, I, I hear it, yeah. I
0: mean, and, and, I, I mean it's a
1: and and just if you watch Survivor, you're not a moron either. Obviously, I'm just saying there's a lot of crap on television that's very popular, and we see good shows die constantly. Hent, dark Matter as a prime example. So I think it's it's to to try and build this new marketing concept on a sci-fi show
0: i don't know i don't know yeah uh, and i'm assuming cbs's thought process is that this isn't just any sci-fi show now i'm with but you. no one's gonna know no one's gonna know well well i mean look i mean there's a whole generation i mean several generations of star trek fans whether original next generation deep space nine uh you know whatever that are going to be drawn to it but the question is and and i posted the article on on the facebook group that it's already one of the most pirated yeah. shows that, and and I'm thinking, there you yeah. go and it's like duh <laughs> right there so, you
1: go that is what's going to happen so well done cbs nice job you're you're killing this great show in the great in the cradle because because this is this whole thing is moronic and, and now you can't even get advertising you know, out of it because you're putting on your pay site.
0: And yeah, people are just so, going to pirate it. So I, I don't know. You know, I don't know what the answer is. Apparently, you, you, there I are know two what the levels. the answer is.
1: Put it on TV like a normal television show and let us well, watch
0: it. Well, yeah, true. There's the uh, answer. All,
1: what else do uh, well, you have?
0: The, what else <laughs> does CBS <laughs> have, Dave? I don't even know. Well, well, it's almost like, why don't you sell it? You, you produced it. Sell it to Netflix. Or sell it to amazon or i don 't you know there 's people above our pay grade, I guess that are making these decisions, but yeah, not that they 're any smarter than us that 's for sure so
1: <laughs> but you know, i 'm just saying it's i know it 's great it 's a shame because, like I said, the pilot was great, but i 'm not i 'm just not going to pay pay for the the pay site that that's just fly out not going to happen and nope. you 're right there's there 's generations of Star Trek fans. But I bet you a lot of them are cheap bastards just like you and me. And they also will say, Well, either I'll I'll wait it out, we'll see, maybe they'll go on television, maybe they'll you know, end up on go to Netflix or Amazon, maybe they'll give it to them or you know, I'll just know. find some backhanded method to to watch it and I'll watch it that way.
0: All right. Anything else? I'm not encouraging
1: to... that, by the way. I am not I saying know. that's what you should do. People, be responsible, obey the law. But that's what people might do, and probably will. That's right. All right.
0: Anything else you want to say about the but don't actual show? Yes. I, okay. I I I
1: sadly a complete moron when I couldn't remember what happened to poor Sasha in Walking Dead, but she went out like a boss. But she's 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 dead. She's super okay. dead on Walking Dead. I just, it just came to me. I'm just like, oh man, I'm so dumb. Okay. But you just, no, you just anything forget. about Star Trek? So long. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think so. I, I liked it. Okay. I thought it was it was a great, like you said, it was a really good episode. Pacing was awesome. Action was great. The the look of it was just out of this world, literally and figuratively. Um, it, it was just it was amazing. It was like watching the movie you know yeah um yeah. and it was great the acting was good they have awesome actors and uh you know it all like i think it it worked on a number of levels i i see you know like and i i agree with like some of your objections to it but i think overall a very strong episode i just think it's a shame of, of what they're doing with it i don't know why they can't just put it on television like a normal television show and that we can watch okay. all right you
0: got a letter grade yeah I'll give it uh a minus i think okay um, i initially honestly i initially went b minus I think I'm up to a b now because really uh, the the whole mutiny thing that i I really just have the feeling they're just going to do ze machina their way out of that and well I just well, i think i think the the problem
1: I have with the mutiny is kind of the opposite of that but still problematic is that it's so much follows the script of the first of the new star trek movies you know where kirk um becomes captain of the enterprise by basically disobeying his captain disobeying orders and following what he thinks is right rather than what people around him tell him and right. and, and that's we, we admire that in kirk and and I kind of admired that in, in Michael until the part where it looked like she was going to really start the Klingon war by being crazy. And the part where she actually, I guess the, the, the Vulcan pinch thing is what pushed me over the edge. Where I said, okay, th- she's gone too far there. That's where she went too far. And I'm not with her anymore on this one. So, but
0: I was I was kind of with her up until that point. I finally got around to seeing Wonder Woman. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Okay. I really liked it. Yeah? I thought she was great. Sure. But I got to the end and I thought, well, I just watched Captain America except the hero was Wonder yeah. Woman. Yeah. Yeah, and, kind of. And The DC and, movies aren't quite
1: as good, but the Wonder Woman, that's probably the best of the DC movies that I've... like. Well, I mean, like the new DC movies. All right, we're not talking the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. All right, those are a breed apart. But okay. uh, you know, these new generation DC movies. This is probably the best of them. But you're right. Yeah, I really uh, am... somewhat derivative when it comes yeah. to being very similar to like, and even with the, the picture of her, her crew and everything. I love that though.
0: But anyway, I, I oh, finally yeah, yeah. got around to seeing it and uh, enjoyed it immensely. So,
1: so ha- have you seen uh, Deadpool yet? Is the question uh no dude i know i know like if you would if you would mention you were gonna watch wonder woman i'd say dave have you seen deadpool yet because if you haven't seen deadpool you really shouldn't be watching any other movies just right now you really gotta watch that movie next
0: all right Uh, well let me throw out one more genre non-genre show that we just binged over uh basically two nights have you seen atypical no it's on netflix no. it's only a half hour uh the, the the main character is autistic so he's in high school so he's a high functioning autistic uh-huh. i mean it really is good i mean it really is funny uh it's okay really you know, <clears throat> heartwarming i mean it's just really a good story i mean it's 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 dark, it's funny, it's it's it really is good. I, I was really surprised, you know, Mary wanted to watch it, so we watched the first episode and you know, I, I'm sure you've been down this path. It's like, no, I'm not gonna let her know that I actually like this. <laughs> then she's gonna want to yeah. watch the next one. Right. But right. it it was really good. Eight episodes or half hour each. Well uh, I,
1: I haven't been down that well, I've been down this I start watching this series with my wife and she likes it and I hate it. And I'm like, oh, she's going to want to watch this all the time. And I really, like, Resurrection was like that. She loved it. I freaking hated it. I just sat every time watching it. I was just dying a little bit more, which is unusual for a show called Resurrection. Um, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. <nice. laughs> yeah, you like it? <laughs> I did.
0: So, but, I, I, right, you, you want to say anything up, about the end of the OA while we're at it? Uh, um. Yeah, uh the uh well what what'd you think of it first of all? Um well, I don't think I was as emotionally
1: swept up by the end as you were, but I thought it was very good. I I really thought like I said when we watched the first, you know, what like 50 minutes was it? I I was like thinking this show was horrible, I hated it. And then all of a sudden the, you know, those opening credits rolled in an hour into the show, and I think from there on out, they had me. Um, yeah. You know, I' binged the whole thing in like three days, I think. Um, I realized I was very harsh on our on on Steve,
0: and I had some very yeah, critical I mean, words I, for him Right, but I think he, more than anybody, just grew so much. And and I guess yes. you could make the case that he had the most area in, in which to grow because of where he started, but, um, you know, I, I, I think he earned that, you know, and, and, and the fact that you were pretty harsh at the beginning, I think that's, you know, expected. I think that was sure. reasonable to be oh, harsh.
1: Yeah, and, and that's absolutely what they wanted, right? They want you to hate him at first but love him by the end and that's totally what happened because he changes and grows so much and and like really i don't i, I i'm hard-pressed to think of a character in a television show that i've seen develop and, and grow so much in so short a time
0: okay so what's real and what's not did the i events have no idea at the cabin actually happen were there those other people? You know, you know. Right, is there right, right some alternate reality? Were they able to cure the sheriff's wife of Lou Gehrig's? You know, all of those yeah. things that just because she says it doesn't mean it's true. Sure, because you know, at the end in the cafeteria scene that, that we're referring to, is it that they distract? the gunman long enough for the cafeteria worker i believe or, or yeah you know, they, one of the the cap, right his cafeteria worker tackled him or did they actually you know do right. something to disable him yeah we don't know we don't know
1: absolutely but. and what's up with when french looks in the mirror and he sees homer
0: right right because you know? how so there's a lot there and, and I've seen some There's interviews with the creators and, and they said we'll get some we'll get some answers in season two. So
1: Yeah. yeah all right, well, I mean I we... think
0: they, they answered so much this
1: season. Like, you know, I'm not really looking for necessarily more answers. I'm just looking to see the next part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: all right, well, why don't we leave it there? And we, we will move on because we, we've got, uh, I think, one more new show to take a look at before we go to Dollhouse Season 2 for a couple episodes before the Travelers uh, series returns. So, uh, as always, thank you guys for joining us. Love to hear what you think about uh, you know any of these new shows, certainly the new Star Trek. I think Wayne and I'd be more interested in hearing whether or not you're going to pony up for CBS All Access. <laughs> but... Join the Facebook group, share your thoughts with the sci-fi TV rewatch community, spread the word if you're already a member. Emails as always, sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com, voicemails via the speakpipe tab. And we're going to be back next week to talk about the latest entry from the Marvel universe in humans. But until then. You know, Dave, I was
1: sitting there on the toilet the other day. I just remember thinking, if there are Klingons in this sector, we should withdraw. Immediately.